Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Now, the Chorus Radio Network presents The Roy Green Show with Roy Green, keeping you informed and entertained. Now, here's Roy. So we've talked a little bit about the hoax news story that ran globally. International news organizations picked it up and ran with it. Supposedly, El Chapo Guzman, the head of the Sinaloa drug cartel in Mexico, had threatened the leader of ISIS and, uh, and, and, and ISIS fighters with unspeakable violence if they continued to intercept his drug shipments to the Middle East and dispose of them. It sounded like a story that you know people wanted or news agencies wanted to run. A lot of speculation about it, and then we find out that it was a blogger who just imagined it and wrote a blog, and everybody ran with it. So in our next half hour, we're going to talk about the, uh, about the Mexican drug cartels, as they really are. And uh, joining us will be uh, Alfredo uh, Corchado. He is the Dallas Morning News Mexico City Bureau Chief. He's had his life threatened by drug cartels. And he wrote a book, which is partly his uh, autobiography and uh, also a uh, an accounting of how the drug cartels operate. It's called Midnight in Mexico. It's a great read. So Alfredo is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. I want to pick up on something we talked about last week. Because it's interesting uh, to find out how people's emotions change or level out. Then you heard a tremendous amount of emotion earlier today on Donald Trump's statements. Just huge emotion. I'm still seeing emails from people who are just one degree south of total rage. So we know that uh, after San Bernardino, several senior United States law enforcement officers' response to the terror attacks was 180 degrees opposite to the position advocated by the President of the United States. In Florida, the sheriff of Brevard County, Wayne Ivey, this week, last week, the Detroit Chief of Police, James Craig, and in Milwaukee County, uh, the Sheriff David Clark, who's been on this program, and in New York, Ulster County Sheriff Paul Van Blarkham, all publicly asked Americans who live in their constituencies to carry firearms concealed whenever they go out in public, if they have a license to do so, in order to defend against any terrorists, domestic or foreign. Last weekend, after we spoke with Sheriff Joe Arpaio of Maricopa County in Arizona, who has the same point of view, has a posse of 250,000, about the call by some U.S. law enforcement officials to carry legally owned handguns, I asked repeatedly, and the phone calls were were just intense, and I asked repeatedly, are we at the stage of fear where you'd feel more comfortable, more safe, if you knew at least some of your fellow Canadians were carried loaded guns with them, concealed. And uh, you can go back and listen to see what the response was. Go to RoyGreenShow.com in the podcast. Uh, we're going to see how the, uh, for a few minutes after I speak with the Sheriff Van Blockham, we're going to f- find out how you feel about it today, a week later. And we're joined now by Sheriff Paul Bla- Van Blockham, four-time elected chief law enforcement officer of Ulster County, in uh, the state of New York, um, Sheriff Van Barkham, thank you very much for for taking the time, 
And uh, just in your words, what are you what are you saying to your constituents? I don't want to put words in your mouth. What are you saying to your constituents, and what has the the response been? Uh, first of all, the message I was trying to get out there was just to the core group of individuals in Ulster County who are already licensed uh, to carry a firearm, and I was just encouraging them if they are comfortable with it and they're proficient and they're up on the laws of New York State because they'll be held liable if they use that firearm to carry that. And the response, I would have never thought it would have uh, such a huge response uh, nationwide to, to that post that I only put out to our own people, but uh, apparently made it every place else. Now you had international response, and I looked at the a petition on change.org, which called you, called on you, to change your mind or resign. Uh, they, in four days, had 1,300 people sign the petition. You had more than 77,000 views of your post in less than 18 hours. Yeah, well, that, that's uh, amazing. And unfortunately for me, I'm not a Facebook person. We have our Facebook page here at the office, of which uh, some of the other staff uh, take care of that. But it was a message that I wanted to get out there. Yeah, who knows what could have happened, not only in San Bernardino, but any of the shootings we've had around the United States and around the world, if somebody in the audience might have been uh, armed. So what's the reaction been from the licensed gun owners? And and really, what's the reaction been in, uh, in Ulster County to your suggestion? Ulster County, because we are a rural county, overwhelmingly have been supportive of me. Of course, there's always, uh, you know, people that aren't, and I respect everybody's opinion. What I do see is the people that are not in favor of what I said are really nasty. The, the emails that I get from people are just nasty. I don't know how else to put it. The ones that are supportive are just say, hey, thanks for sticking up for us, and, you know, we support you. But in Ulster County, it's been overwhelmingly supportive of, of the post I put out. Sheriff, do you have concerns about untrained individual gun owners or gun owners who may be licensed and may have been taken courses and been pretty good at it some time ago, maybe not so much now. Are you concerned about them potentially incorrectly assessing a situation as threatening and starting to shoot where there's really no terror threat? Well, that's the reason that I put it out there, that they also have to be very knowledgeable of the law. The Article 35 in New York State, which you know covers the use of deadly physical force and justification thereof, that they need to know. I mean, it has to be that there's an active shooter situation. You're not going to pull out your gun and stop somebody from, you know, stealing a cell phone out of somebody's car. It's very important that they all know that. And from the places that I've been around in the county talking to people, you know, we've never had an issue in this county. I'm in my now third term as the sheriff, but I'm in my 40th year as a law enforcement officer in the county. We've never had an issue where somebody with a licensed handgun used that uh outside of the letter of the law. Okay. Sheriff uh, Wayne Ivey of Brevard County in Florida, he said, and, and Sheriff Clark has said it as well, from uh, Milwaukee County, he's been on this show, and uh, Sheriff Arpaio said last weekend that there's a, a level of dissatisfaction with the political leadership that's coming out of Washington, and that's why law enforcement officials like yourself are saying to their their residents who are licensed to carry a firearm, do so because they just don't feel the support level is uh, is there from the White House that there should be. Do you sign on to that? Do you believe that as well? 
Well, I actually do. I think that they're trying to disarm the citizens, and I'm not saying I'm trying to arm the citizens, but there's enough laws out there, and of course I'm only speaking for my county and maybe for you know, the laws of New York State. It's so restrictive now. Uh, the only thing that could happen worse than it is now is that they stop issuing permits and start taking long guns away from people, and I'm totally dead sent against that. I think the the citizens of at least my county and of New York State are, are readily capable of, you know, standing up and taking action if they need to when they're responsible. And, you know, I, I really believe in it. To uh, to many Canadians, most Canadians, uh, the thought of carrying a handgun is pretty foreign because it's almost impossible to get a permit in Canada to carry a, a handgun. You can get a long gun. It's uh, It's a process that you have to go through, and a lot of personal questions are asked, and there's a lot of jumping through hoops that takes place, but that but you can get a shotgun or a rifle. Um, so what do you what do you say? Do you have that do you have that kind of thinking in in, in the U.S. as well, where people say, well, look, there there just shouldn't be any guns. People don't need to have guns, and there's too many in the U.S. I mean, I've heard people say, how can you have 300 million guns in or whatever the number is in in a country of 330 million people? Yeah, there, there's there's a, a few people here in Ulster County in New York that are saying that nobody should have a gun and. And I just don't agree with that, and I think the majority of uh, citizens here in the county don't agree with that, and, and also the surrounding counties. I think now we're, there's at least 21 sheriffs in New York State now uh, that have have also jumped on board saying, listen, if you've got a, a concealed carry permit and you're proficient and you're knowledgeable of the law and you're willing to do so and you're comfortable because you have to understand as a civilian, you're held to the same law as the police officer. If we shoot somebody, you know, we're going to be held to the letter of the law, and so is a civilian. You have to be comfortable with that. You know, if you are, then by all means, we encourage you to carry. And that's a statement to the White House, not just to your residents, but mm-hmm. pretty strong statement to yeah. the president. Yes. Sheriff, I thank you very much for taking the time to join us on a Sunday. You know, I went, you went back to her office, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, Roy, thanks. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, sir. Sheriff Paul Van Blarkham from uh, Ulster County in New York State. It's a different reality. Does it make them wrong? Does it make them right? I'm just curious how we respond this week compared to last week. Last weekend, the, uh, the memories of San Bernardino were very, very fresh. A lot of people were saying, yeah, they, they you know, they'd be comfortable, more comfortable if, A, if they had the right to carry a firearm, or B, if they knew that a competent person, competent Canadian, uh, was carrying a firearm in public. So let's try it. one 225 8255 Let's give it a try. one 225 8255 And the question is, the question is, um, would you feel more safe if you knew guns were being carried in public by licensed gun owners and carried in public as a deterrent to a mass crime, terrorist, or otherwise inspired? What happens between the opinion of one week and seven days later? How much does the opinion change if it does? one 225 is my number. I'm just curious. Uh, would you feel more safe if you knew guns were being carried in public by licensed gun owners as a deterrent to a major crime, terrorist or, or otherwise, Triple A two two five eight two five five. Last weekend a lot of people thought, yeah. What about today? Seven days later. You still feel that way? Call me. We'll come right back. Carry guns?
Yeah? Or no? Last weekend it was, yeah. Bill is in, uh, you're in Alberta, right, Bill? You bet. Yes, sir. Go ahead. What do you say? I'm all over this. We already have authorization to carry in Canada. Um, right now it's limited to, say, judges, prosecutors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's just another tool in the toolbox. It's like having a fire extinguisher in your house. Um, properly trained, I know, people that, that have, say, carries to, uh, permit carry, or per- permits to carry are a boon to law enforcement. And there's a lot of law enforcement out there that actually agrees with that up here, too. Maybe not the white shirts, but the guys in the street, I've talked to a few of them. Every last one of them's agreed that if there was more people carrying here, their job would be a lot easier. Are we, are we talking urban versus uh, versus um, um, uh, rural in Canada? Well, are we talking east versus west? Do you think, or is it, are we talking it's across the board? Right across the country, Roy. There's yeah. like I, I go on some gun owner uh, internet sites and this and that, and right from coast to coast to coast, um, Canadians that are lo- that are gun owners are usually better versed in the law, probably better trained than some elements of the police, and not all of them, but. We take our gun ownership seriously up here, obviously, because the government's trying to steal them from us all the time. And so we train with them. High River? Better. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And that hasn't been forgotten. By well, the no, and I, I did the first interview with the RCMP yeah. on that, and they wanted the questions that I was going to ask, and I normally don't do that, but I gave them the yeah. questions, and they still managed to screw it up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that was on purpose, man. <laughs> you can bet on it. It was very troublesome what happened in High River with, with the guns. And, sure. and, 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 and that you could and that you can live in a country where that you had a 68 year old man in New Brunswick who's, who's home invaded, and mm-hmm. he's being physically assaulted. I don't know if the guy allegedly had a hammer, but he was allegedly hitting the alleged victim with. But the alleged victim got a hold of an alleged gun and fired a gun at the alleged vict- uh, perpetrator and mm-hmm. hit him in his alleged leg. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been criminally charged and he can do more time in prison than uh, than the home invader. And, and that's pathetic. That speaks volumes as to, you know, how pathetic our gun laws are here and even our self-defense laws. We have, we have that right. It's, it's, yeah, you know, but, you, it's but you also, Bill, you also have people in Canada who will say, Bill, you own a gun. You must be a latent sociopath. And it says here on my board that your wife is also a licensed gun owner. Yes, she is. So there are people who think in this country, stay away from those people. They're dangerous. Well, and, and here's, here's something even more dangerous about my wife. My wife honestly believes that the primary purpose for a firearm is self-defense. Hunting and everything else and enjoyment of it for sport purposes is secondary to that. So, you know, props to her. Well, I've talked to fathers in the United States on this show. One father whose daughter was raped in university. Mm-hmm. First thing he did, maybe not the first thing he did, but one of the first things he did was he got his daughter licensed, he got her a handgun, he taught, she was taught how to use it, and she carries it with her everywhere she goes. She was on this program and talked about that. Yeah, he's one heck of a father, eh? I think so. Good for him. You know, I, I taught uh, martial arts and self-defense training for years, too, and to be honest with you, like, there is a physical difference. And, you know, if, if you give women and smaller people or older people the tools in order to defend themselves, they can defend themselves against some big thug or something like that. You know, if, you know, somebody's, they, if somebody's invaded your home... They, you know what? Somebody invades my home, all bets are off. I'll do the time. I'll protect my family, and I will do the time if I need to. Bill, if somebody's... To in, you know, I'd like to debate this with somebody at some point, I will, but if somebody's oh, invaded so your I, home... They never debate. They just try to shout you down. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate your call, sir. No worries. All the best. Uh, 
defending yourself and defending your family in your own home, that's another issue. But Rob is in Vaughan, Ontario, and Rob, you see this differently. Go ahead, sir, please. In, in a sense, it's different, but I do agree you should be allowed to have a firearm in your home. You should be allowed to have a firearm in order to go hunting. The firearm in the public is the one that scares me a little bit more, not because of the, you know, the license the licensed gun owners are very responsible, usually people, and they know how to handle themselves. They're usually the last ones to pull out their gun as a last resort. But for me, in the public, anyone can use that gun for whatever they deem as being self-defense or being put in a threatful position. For me, more, more so is in the actual home. You should Listen, if, if someone wants to come into your house and break through and you take out a gun, you know what? You should know at that risk. If you try to break into someone else, you're going to get shot, and there should be no consequences for getting shot. That's the, the castle. One. That's basically the castle doctrine. Yeah. Basically. The second thing is, I think I think detectors should be in all schools, all malls, all major public places. Any gun that is registered or, or for example, is, is, is uh, signals off one of those signals, the police should be immediately dispatched to those places to absolutely even avoid having a gun in the middle of a mall. Period. License or not license. You know, uh, it's an interesting point you make, and we get the you know we get the the, the, the polar opposite points of view, and and that creates good discussion and good debate, and that's what it's all about. But we have to remember that we whenever we talk about something that is significantly fundamentally different, and bears an element of concern, whether it's you or whether it's Bill or you know if your concerns are different, uh, it's important for us to discuss, but not from a perspective of fear. Because no. fear clouds everything, and we heard that in the first hour and a half of the show today when we talked about Donald Trump. i got to go, Rob. Thank you, sir, for your call. We could have continued here. This gets people fired up, no pun intended. When we come back, I'm going to be talking with Alfredo Corchado from the Dallas Morning News. He's the Mexico City Bureau Chief for the Morning News. He's also the author of Midnight in Mexico, and it's um, semi-autobiographical. But it's also about the uh, drug cartels and what those drug cartels do. And you heard earlier why we're doing the segment. Alfredo Corchado, when we come back.